come. Walk down the winding path. Don't mind the spooks and monsters. They stay hidden within the trees. There are mysteries in this world that you need to know, and paranormal truths that need to be told. Come, step up into the caravan while we share tales of old, as well as new accounts about things you thought only existed in your nightmares. Thank you for stopping by the Caravan of Lore. Please take a moment to review our presentation and rate us on your favorite listening platform. And remember, you can be an integral part of the show by becoming our patron. You can follow us at the Caravan Library of Lore group page on Facebook or the Caravan of Lore on both Instagram and Twitter. If you have had an experience or peculiar event happen to you, please feel free to share. Just visit for all the information just mentioned at caravanoflore.com. Five minutes. That sounded really good. That was just as good as my, this call is being recorded. It's story time at the Caravan of Lore. Yes, and we've picked it's up Lord some really good It's Lortober story time. At least yes. I think we did. Well, I know you picked out a couple. I picked out a couple. Mm-hmm. So uh, these are not personal experiences. <laughs> no. We are reading other people's experiences well and this episode was you know we were talking it was right after we recorded my experience that i had for the members and Mm -hmm. i it was later on that night that i was just scrolling through facebook and they'll pop up with i think it's like um creepaholics and the graveyard shift or something there's there's a couple different uh facebook pages and they'll post like 10 creepy stories or texts from the dead, you know, and they'll compile these mm-hmm. different stories they found online and you you have to click through. I really hate them though because they have a lot of advertisements and you have to really click through it to be able to read the whole story and then all of a sudden this advertisement will pop up. Oh, you go right. to back up and you can't. So then you've got yes. to, you know, and so, yes, yeah, and so, then you just want to jump into the interweb world and right. slap somebody in the head for doing that. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. But I know totally really ruins good. the fun. Yeah, yeah. And I had I had thought about posting it in our group, but there was a lot of really sad ones in this particular batch. And uh, mm. one of the stories is from that batch that I'm going to read. Yeah, it, it's really sad, um, but also Aww. really crazy. Um, it's scary. It's it's really the the scary outweighs the the sad. I think. I mean, mm-hmm. no matter what, it's still sad. But it just really sticks with you, and it makes you think. Like, crap. What if this really happened? Like, what is the like? It's the it's the what if. It goes down that hole, that what if rabbit hole. You know. And it was mm-hmm. interesting because we got on the topic of cell phones, and. What I had learned from reading that batch of stories was how many people are now being buried with their cell phones. And then, you know, I've been watching Creeped Out on Netflix. 
And they've right. modernized these stories where now it's about cell phones, you know, and one particular one was about this girl, how she wanted a cell phone. She wanted it to be perfect. She wanted it to make her social life better. She never wanted it. She wanted it to be undestruct or indestructible. And it was everything. It was just that. But this, this phone was so intelligent. It took itself as a person. And it was, it was a nightmare, you know? Um, That's scary. It is. It's really scary. And then you and I have had our own personal conversations about how much our phones really listen to us. Because mm-hmm. you and I, we can have a conversation and we say something over and over again or in multiple conversations and those ads will pop up. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have heard this by now, but you can set your phone down in your living room and and have it off. You know, the screen is blank. Oh, yeah. I mean, the phone's oh, on, sure. but it's like, what is that, asleep or whatever, where it's on mm-hmm. but the screen is off. It's still listening to you. It takes keywords, and that's how you get these these ads. And I know that I may sound crazy, but you got to try it. You know, let's say you don't have a cat. I think that that was one of the things that I read. This one guy, he's like, for an experiment, what I did is I set the phone down, and him and his girlfriend or fiance were talking, and they were talking about cats and cat litter. And they talked about mm-hmm. that for about two days. And then all of a sudden on Facebook and in Google – all the advertisements, it was all about cats and cat litter and cat food. Yeah. So. Now, it's it's scary how technology is listening to us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and probably even in this conversation, who knows, because I have noticed a an algorithm of things that either I have researched. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm looking currently for miniature werewolves which werewolves are really hard to find in toy stores and so on but i'm looking now all of a sudden it doesn't matter where i look i'm getting advertising for little monsters and toys and now i understand that it picks up on that but if you're talking to somebody Mm -hmm. and and it's picking up what your keywords and what you are talking about and it's throwing it at you Mm -hmm. that's almost crossing the line of privacy there you know what's weird and I'm and I'm sharing this with you for the first time. Um, there was something recently that went through my mind, and I know that there's no way that this could be possible. I read one thing. There was just one thing. Um, it was a profile I came across, and there was something that I read on it that I was like, huh, that's really interesting. Maybe I should look into that more. And I never did. But then all of a sudden, I'm getting advertisements for that one thing. And, and why it's so weird is because it was something that I have not spoken out loud. It's not something that I no, typed no, in. No. No. Joke. I am not kidding. No. And I'm just like, okay, that's that's a weird coincidence. That's like really weird. You know? Okay, so <laughs> technology is reading your mind? <laughs> well, what if it could? You know what I mean? If you consider that everything is on wavelengths. Mm-hmm. And look how, as we're recording, you know, the, the little wavelengths. So, I don't know. What if somehow we're able to emit something when we think and that somehow... 
I don't, I don't know. I know that this is reaching really far, but I, but I like to go down the... You could do this. What if somehow you could pick up on these wavelengths and you put them through this reader of some sort and it was able to actually form the, the thoughts that you had? Yeah, but I don't think it's that far out of reality. Right. It's probably, if it's not technology that's currently being used, which I'm sure... Mm. There's agencies and organizations that probably are far advanced with technologies like that. And this isn't a conspiracy theory. Right. But I could see that happening in the next five to ten years with, you know, new devices that everybody will have where it'll be relative to your thoughts, your conversations, and it'll interact for you. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. And there was a post. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm scrolling through my Facebook right now so I can find it. <laughs> um, okay, so I post, it's a repost from Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. Um, mm-hmm. It says, Google didn't just ignore its don't be evil motto. It is literally surveillance central. And um, I'll share it in the group. Uh, that way mm-hmm. everybody can read it. But it really had some fascinating stuff about how much they have of us. I mean, like, I already thought about it all. I already figured a lot of the stuff that was in there just because my mind wanders like that. But Mm -hmm. um, there it is, all laid out for you on this website and this little article. And and it just really gives you a lot to think about. You know, and it does give you alternate things to use, like um, instead of using Google Chrome, use this. Instead of using Gmail, use this. You know. No, understandable. So. But um, if anybody is ever going to research myself uh-huh. through my Google, uh, yeah, they'll probably just go, "Okay, this guy's kind of weird," and let's <laughs> leave him alone. Yeah. No, I I feel like I'm on the who cares about her scale? <laughs> you know, there's there's nothing of a whole lot of interest, you know, for really? me. And I don't yeah, think so. Okay, that's a good cover for all your spy agency work that you've been doing. <laughs> sure, yeah. That's a great distraction, Jen. Yeah, right. Uh, you mean Anastasia? Armed. <laughs> yeah, armed and dangerous. Right. Well, I know you, I know you. Mm -hmm. That's too funny. Well, speaking of this whole technology thing, before we get too too far off, um, I can just jump into the story while we're on the topic. Uh, Yes, please do. It's, uh, I don't know how to say this guy's name. Um, Just make one up. (laughs) Taufus? Taufius? There you go. Yeah, (laughs) sure. Something like that. Uh Uh, I think you got that right. (laughs) Texts from the dead. I'm writing out of desperation. I need to vent this somewhere, and I think this forum is the perfect spot. I used to work at one of the most popular funeral homes in my city, only about 15 minutes away from my house. It was kind of a morbid job, but at the time I was taking classes at the local college, and it was the best I could have done at the time. Competitive pay and people are always dying, so we were always busy. I didn't personally work with preparing the corpses for the funeral. 
I focused on working with the families of the deceased on planning the appropriate services for their loved ones. I had been down where they had held the bodies before on occasion. Sometimes I had to help the owners with certain monthly maintenance tasks down there. I had always been somewhat creeped out about working there, but nothing beats what happened there a few days before I quit the job. We had a mid-forties mother and father come in, teared up as they usually are. They were inquiring about having a service for their late son. Apparently, he had been in a nasty car accident on the highway. His name was Bobby, and he was 19 at the time of his passing. Of course, with caring sympathy, I gave them a tour of the place and showed them our various products and services we offered. They liked our facility and selected the various types of things they wanted present at this funeral. We finalized everything and they left. The body was being transported over along with a few personal objects his parents wanted buried with him. This isn't an unusual thing. Many people do this with deceased loved ones. When everything arrived, it included a baseball cap, a sports team hoodie, and his cell phone turned off. How sad, I thought, this poor kid losing his life so early. I felt great sadness for him and his family. The funeral was planned in two days on a Saturday. I continued working my regular tasks for the rest of the day and went home. Exhausted when coming in, I threw my coat on the table and immediately headed up to the shower. Hopped in, washed myself, and dried off finally, putting on some PJs. This was my usual routine. I finally headed into my living room and turned on the TV, finally getting a chance to relax. A few hours go by and I begin dozing off a bit. Realizing bedtime is coming, I turn the TV off and prepare to call it a night. My iPhone beeps a text notification. Figuring it must have been one of my friends or family, I unlocked my passcode and opened the message up. I was somewhat surprised this text came from a number not saved in my contacts list. Hello, it read. A little weirded out, I responded, hey there, who's this? I began heading to my bedroom and shut the door, turned the TV on, and got into bed. I usually would watch t a bit of TV before falling asleep. My phone beeps again. Bobby, it said. Bobby who? I asked. I hadn't ever known anyone by the name. You know who I am. You met my parents today. I got a bit dizzy as I read it, along with a rock settling in my stomach. There's no way this is that kid, I thought to myself. I responded, This isn't funny. What happened to him was horrible, and no one should be joking around like this. The number responded, Shut your rotten mouth. You let them ruin my funeral. Ruin it. It should have been you in the car accident, not me. You'll have an early grave, too, if it goes my way. At this point, I'm flipping out and beginning to get really upset. I blocked the number and put my phone on the charger. How could I have ruined his funeral? His parents made the calls on everything. Taking deep breaths to calm and relax myself, I tried to make a rational explanation for what was going on. I would talk to my boss in the morning about it. The next day came and I relayed the events of the prior night to my boss. He explained, It's got to be some idiot kid screwing with you. I wasn't sure. I know kids were good with technology these days, but they couldn't be that good. There was only one way to check for sure. I waited until we closed at 8 p.m. 
I told my boss I needed to finish some paperwork and would be sure to lock up when I leave. I heard his car pull out of the parking lot and I sat my paperwork down. I walked out of my office and headed for the basement. I opened the door and headed down the stairs into the embalming room. It always has this sour mothball-like stench in it, and it hits your eyes and nose like a rotten onion. I walked through the embalming room and made my way to the employee corridor and down to the room that held the corpses. This room had an entirely different smell. One truly blood curdling a stench of rotten egg, even though they embalmed the bodies, they still had this strange odor. I opened the door and walked in. The room is fairly large, and it can hold up to 60 bodies at a time. I found the slot with his name and unlocked the hatch, slowly pulling out the coffin. I unclipped the latches and slowly opened it. There he lay, solemn and cold. Beside him, the tin hoodie, hat, and cell phone. The expression on his face was lifeless and brown. You could see his body had been damaged severely. Our team had put him back together the best they could. They had put a wig over his regular hair. Apparently the back side of his head was broken open and crashed. They used this as a way of covering. Along with that, there was a huge gash going from the left side of his forehead all the way down to the right side of his neck. Of course, this was all covered with skin-colored makeup and putty the best that they could. I observed the items his family wanted him to be buried with. They were tucked to the left side of him. I noticed the cell phone was now on. I picked it up and tried to open it. It had been locked with a security passcode. I sat the phone on his lifeless chest and reached into my pocket for my phone. I pulled up my block list and unblocked the number. I switched over to call mode and dialed the number. As my phone rang, the phone on this kid's chest began ringing and vibrating. I dropped my cell phone in shock. My hands began shaking as I took his phone and placed it back to the left side of his coffin. My body began to feel heavy and weird. I bent over and picked up my phone. I reached up and over quickly to seal his coffin, but before doing so, to my horror, I noticed the frown on his face had changed. With an eerie grin. My body began to feel heavier and heavier as my legs began to shake in terror. I slammed the coffin shut and pushed it back into the storage holder. I ran to the door, shut the lights off, and fell down into the hallway. I swear I heard groaning noises coming from the storage room I had just left. I picked myself up and hastily made my way down the hallway and through the embalming. I almost tripped on the first stair on the way up, but I made it back up to the level. Slamming the door behind me, I felt a bit better. I went into my office and grabbed my keys and the rest of my things and ran out of that place faster than I ever had before. I shut the entrance door and bolted it. I sped walked over to my car and got in and started it up. My phone begins vibrating and ringing. I reached into my pocket and to my absolute horror, it was coming from Bobby's number. It was actually calling me this time. My hands were shaking as I swiped answer on the screen. Hello? And in the most demonic deep voice I had ever heard. Why don't you come back down here? Come down and see me again. Come now, or I'll come for you. Immediately following with sinister laughter, I began screaming. Screw off. I don't know who you are or how you're doing this, but stop. It answered. You know exactly who I am. 
Come back down and play with me. We can be best buds. I hung the phone up and tears ran down my face. I drove directly to my boss's house and beat down his door. Crying and shaking, I explained that there was no way it could have been anyone else. I was the last to leave the funeral home. That phone was locked in his coffin basement. I resigned my position immediately and never went back after the events of that night. I still received texts and phone calls from that number. Even after I blocked it, they continued. I just hope one day this stops. I now work at a boat rental business. No more dead guys for me. Do not bury a loved one with a cellular device. Exactly. You know, and I have to, I, I, I do want to tell everybody that it was the weirdest thing because I had just read this part of the story um, about how the guy went down there um, and got the cell phone out. And we continued our conversation for 15 minutes only to learn that the um, audio had cut out. It had stopped recording. Um, and honestly, it was not something I wanted to go back and read because one thought mm -hmm. that went through my mind was when you're reading something like this, how likely is it that you can end up developing a connection to what you're reading could there be a possibility that you get into something like that a story and you mm -hmm. tell it enough or you read it enough or you whatever that or you think about it enough that all of a sudden your phone rings what's the possibility of that and then the other thing that i did want to share as well because i think it got cut out too was um what we were saying about how when you do bury somebody with a cell phone, because apparently that seems to be a thing now, mm -hmm. there was a story about a girl whose grandmother had passed away and her cell phone had been shut off and the number out of respect had been cut off never to be used again. And she ended up getting texts from her grandmother saying, you know, I love you, I'm here for you, things will be okay. And my thought was, you know, what's the possibility that if you're buried with a cell phone, that a spirit comes in, you know, because here we are, the shell that houses a spirit. Well, then when you pass away and your spirit's done with this, this bodily, this human shell, and it, and it leaves, it's, it's kind of like this doorway. So even though the body won't work, maybe there's still some component within the human body that acts as a doorway that something else, just like on a Ouija board or something like that, could come in and manipulate the cell phone somehow. Yeah, I'm never <laughs> sleeping again. Right? <laughs> Ever. That I will be cremated along with any cellular device yeah. Okay, so you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> yeah. When I go, just use me as a patio campfire. I'm cool with that. <laughs> just throw my phone in, and it'll burn pretty colors too. So. Hey, there you yes. go. <laughs> yeah. No, no chance of something occupying me and sending messages off to friends right. and loved ones in a unwanted way. Exactly. No, that story creeped me out. No, it did me too, and I really did not want to 
finish reading that. I didn't want to go back and read. And mm-hmm. uh, that was the other thing that I was telling Vance. I was like, well, God, you know, it's it's late. I mean, granted, it's only 10.30 by my time, but it's still completely dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we... It happens to be early Sunday morning where I'm at. It's still Saturday night by you. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But we have, uh, we've got several more stories um, for you guys to to celebrate. Lord I was going to, I'm going to, I'll do Mirror Man. But you already brought up the whole mirror thing and the fact that in your personal space, I have three mirrors in my living room and three mirrors in my bedroom that really, yes, you can see the mirrors from my bed, but I can't see myself or the only thing that they reflect from my perspective in bed is the ceiling. But now that you've creeped me out that something will be peeking over well. through the mirror at me while I sleep, I'm now uncomfortable about that. So See, I'm not sleeping ever again. <laughs> my my perspective on that was, for some reason, ever since I was a kid, I have just had it ingrained in me to cover my mirrors. Um, it doesn't matter if I can see any kind of reflection in them, it doesn't matter where they are in the room. If I have any mirror that is not a bathroom mirror, it is, mm-hmm. you know, closed, face down, or covered up. And I don't know why that is, because I actually have never had growing up. My parents were never like that. They never mentioned anything about mirrors. I don't really remember watching anything. I mean, maybe there was something on TV, but. This is just something that was really ingrained in me, and I was telling him that, you know, it didn't matter. And I was laughing because I was saying, well, there's that movie Little Monsters, and, you know, you could go, (laughs) and it didn't, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the places under the bed would take you to different parts of the world. And I was laughing, saying, well, hey, maybe you're sleepwalking, and each mirror is a portal to a different dimension. So maybe he was mirror mm-hmm. man. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Right. Well, this story was sent in by a woman named Lauren. Um, not to us, but to a website called thought company. Mm-hmm. And she just titled the story mirror man. So I'm, I don't think it's really no pun intended reflective of, <laughs> the mirror itself, but, um, it goes to say, now this is a woman speaking in my voice. Okay. Mm -hmm. So just try to imagine that this is Lauren. Anyway, it says when I was younger, there was a man at the top of my stairs. I used to go to the bathroom every night between 12 AM and 3 AM. And he would always be there. He was a shadow on the mirror. I was only about four or five, but other people saw him too. He even tried to push one of them down the stairs. Since moving into the house across the road, though, I haven't seen nor heard from him. But I can't go into my old house upstairs because there's a very unwelcome and hostile feeling to it. I can still work out, or I still can't work out who he is. I've always seen him in my friends' houses. And he just stands there looking at me. Mm. Although there's no face, it's just a shadow. Oh. See, that is crazy. Because Mm -hmm. that ties in with 
some of the posts that I made today in the group, uh, I was looking at some posts off of a Facebook page that I like to follow that have a lot of stories about what they call either the Dark Man, the Shadow Man. Um, mm-hmm. There might be Hat Man in there, I think. Um, and he sounds like the same thing, the same guy. Uh, right. And it's amazing how many encounters and sightings that people have of this oh, right. entity. Yeah. Um, I'm looking. Well, I have another one here from Sandy, and it's along the same lines of what you just said, and it's pretty short. Yeah, please, please do. Okay, it says, from Sandy, as a child of between 8 and 10, I had regular but always terrifying visits from what I've always described as a tall shadow man in a cloak and a top hat. All black, very tall, once he was carrying a cane and once a briefcase. He spoke to me one time in a loud, booming voice. He would disappear through the wall at will and return the same way. They were experiences that I would recall to friends throughout my life, and I have always described him as Shadow Man. He has not returned since. I worked up the courage to run past him out of my room one day, and he's never come back. Oh, how horrible. Hmm. Oh. Poor Sorry, Sandy, but yeah, that's. Yeah, we are sorry. That's uh, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. But here now you have the top hat. So is mm-hmm. that you know the Hat Man? I see. I've heard Hat Man described, and I've never seen Hat Man, and I hope I never do. Um, so Agreed. I'm not sending out that no. vibration mm-hmm. that I that curious about Hat Man, but. A lot of them, it's a very wide-brimmed hat. This is the first time I've ever heard the shadow or hat man or similar entity with a top hat and a cane and then a briefcase. And then to walk through the wall at will and come back the same way. Right. (laughs) See, Uh -uh. what this does Uh -uh. in my book, you know, because you can have stories about a mirror and you can cover that mirror. You can have stories about being out late at night and it's it's outside or stories of things in the woods. But as soon as you bring up stories of things in your home where you're supposed to be safe, where that's supposed to be, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's it crosses so many lines, you know, that's oh, really right. terrifying because especially, you know, if you I mean. Granted, I really don't, I mean, I don't know. I want to be careful about how I phrase it, but um, I don't know. I'll just say that I do my best to really put up walls and and do as much protection as I can to prevent anything like that, like within the home, Mm -hmm. you know. But these things that we encounter, they're, they're just so real and there's just no... There's no boundary. There's really not, you know? Right. And, um... Yeah, well, they don't have morals. Yeah, they just don't have morals Mm -hmm. uh, to respect your personal space. Exactly. Well, that actually ties in with another story that I found. 
Uh, this is from that website. It's from, um, so the website, if you want to check out more stories, she's amazing. She posts um, encounters and experiences from people who are a part of this page. The page is called California Native Entities and Bigfoot Stories. Uh, Non-research. Um, this was posted on August 11th. It says, story number 510, Apprentice and Mentor. The title is called Dark Posse. My mentor came to my house one evening. We had some small talk. As he left, he told me to be careful. I know what that means by now. A few days later, he came by and left a note with an address on it in my mailbox. In the middle of the night, I got a call. Mentor told me to meet him at that address. I was groggy but went to this place. Mentor said to bring nothing with me. I always do as I'm instructed. When I go to the location, Mentor was waiting for me. When I got up to him, he just turned and headed out into these thick weeds. I followed. As we walked along, the weeds got taller, almost over our heads. It started to thin out when I saw an old tin watershed off to our left up ahead. The air started to get thicker. It was harder to breathe. Then I smelled smoke, and it got stronger the closer we got toward that shed. I didn't see anything on fire or smoldering, yet the smell of smoke was very strong. Mentor stopped and bent down. I did the same beside him. We waited for a few minutes quietly, then we heard voices. I couldn't tell what they were saying. They were speaking some slurry, whispery tongue. We didn't move a muscle. I don't even remember breathing or hearing my own heartbeat. A light wind blew through the tall grass, and I caught scent of a sour, sweaty smell mixed with sulfur. It made me a bit nauseous. Right before us, about twenty feet away, three dark forms began appear. They materialized into three bodiless black cloaks with foggy, dark, oily heads. I couldn't call them men, but whatever they were was absolute evil. The three of them stood together talking to each other. If they knew we were there, they didn't care. They interacted with each other, sailing close and hovering together. I couldn't see any eye glow. It was like they absorbed any moonlight that shined through the clouds above. They had a shield that hid them. If one didn't know they were there, they'd never be seen. We watched them converse until each one slowly drifted away. The air was normal again, and I felt cold. Mentor left and said those three made mischief plans. The rest of the night we set up on a hill in the car, a few hours before daylight. A tall white mist came across the road. Mentor got out and waved it down like he would a person. It stopped. He went up to it and pointed in a direction. The tall mist went off where Mentor pointed. He told me to take the next one. I waited for a while. When a rainbow-colored mist went past my side of the car, I got out. My mind told me to point to the east, so I did. The rainbow mist went east. The last one was a ray of the last moonlight. It shined above us. Neither of us moved. 
we saw a gray face go sailing past our front windshield. Over the next few days, there was a wreck, a shooting, and an attempted suicide in our area. Victims of each incident were hurt pretty bad, but they survived. I figured it all out. Those three bad dark entities were planning on taking someone out. Mentor saw it coming. Good spirits were sent to protect those marked for death. I never believed any tragedy is an accident anymore. Something out in the secret dark places plans it. There is good too, which means I also don't believe in chance or luck. So that's another really interesting thing, because you've got these three shadow things that... With oily heads. What does that mean? Right? Well, and it's just crazy of how many dark forms mm-hmm. and what stories surround that mm-hmm. see and it's honestly to go back to the mirror thing i mm-hmm. feel like those things it's those types of things that can come through mirrors you know yeah that's a good point yeah yeah that's a good point okay so no mirrors <laughs> In no. my room or in my house, ever again, I will be. Pretty much. Well, you've got trying, scarves and try. shirts. You can you can cover them all on towels. You can cover them all for tonight at least. Take them down tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. That'll mm-hmm. happen. I don't know, but see, on the mirrors, I have you know, I have positive photographs up there of mm-hmm. you know the kids and so on that you put on your mirrors. So I don't know. Right. Still. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But then how does, like, a reflection off a window? Um, Same thing? For some reason. So a window is two-sided. In my in my strange... Well, I don't know what the word would be. Um, Analytical thought process. Right. Um, <laughs> a window, sure, it may have a bit of a reflection, but it's a two-way. You... Mm-hmm. Or looking right through it, a mirror, you're not. Right. And a mirror is the complete opposite. It's it's like... As a reversed image? Is yes, that what you mean? Yes. And I right. have heard stories about it being the portal to a reversed world. So a world of mm. where doppelgangers are and mm. opposites. It's, it's mm. this portal to opposites which of course would tend to be more evil for some reason right my mind interesting because i just read a story prior to these as i was you know sorting through certain stories Uh and there was one because now that we brought up the window thing and you're putting your opinion then there's the computer screen which oh. now it's a reflective surface that isn't translucent to the other side. And I'm scanning a story where a kid was playing video games and saw a entity shadow thing standing behind him with a skull face in the reflection of the screen in which he was playing the game. And, of course, he freaked out and turned around and didn't see anything there, but had that unease of see, being watched. That reminds me of... Because I've heard stories like that too, but it was a TV screen that they saw it in. Mm-hmm. The TV was off mm-hmm. though, and so 
that's what makes me think again it's not a two-way thing this is like it's that reflection that so it can't be translucent right see through okay that's what i'm thinking with a reflective surface yeah Yeah. there's got to be some kind of weird (sighs) boy i've got a lot of things to get rid of in my house (laughs) that are shiny i like shiny (laughs) things did you anymore did you have any more stories that you that you ended up finding because i have one um I mean, yeah. No, go ahead with your one more because I think we'll stay on that same vein. Well, which, this, what you have. this takes a little bit of a turn. This goes into Wendigos, which I can't say the whole word, but the S-Walkers. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of encounters. I do believe that this stuff is... I think that people are really experiencing them, and I think that maybe not everybody... That they stay in certain areas, though. I don't think that um, Wendigos and S Walkers are out as like widespread as, say, a Dogman or a Bigfoot. I think that they are mm-hmm. within smaller areas. Um, but you don't think they're one of the same? No, no, okay. no. They're totally right. two different things. Um, okay. So I'll read the story, and then we can go from there oh get scared even more (laughs) sure (laughs) okay i want everybody to know before jennifer reads this story she tried to talk me into going through a haunted house today and i was too scared i did that's that's okay so we're making up for it now by scaring the crap out of him before he goes to bed this is yes thank you (laughs) no no problem that's what i'm that's what we're here for okay okay so let's hear this this is posted as well on the no sleep forum on reddit this was posted by a random person the the posters thing is one two three q w e 806 just to try to give you know credit mm-hmm. it says mm-hmm. the windigo is real it says hear me out this isn't a fictional story this is an experience i had when i was 11 a dream that still intrigues me to this day and has made me have a passion for proving the Wendigo. This is my story. I was up at my grandfather's cabin down in Arizona. Surrounding the cabin was a mix of desert landscape and lakes with pine trees surrounding it. It was beautiful, but strange. I would always take hikes by myself with a twenty-two caliber hunting rifle. I would start by hopping on the back of an ATV and finding a nice stream to hike up. It was always fun for me, and I loved the peace and quiet. Yet, all of this beauty had something dark amidst amidst it. (laughs) It was night, and I could hear the coyotes howling, and the screech of mountain lions in the night. I was sitting on the porch in a rocking chair, brandishing my twenty-two. I was tired and laid it down. I started to just rock in the chair. I didn't want to fall asleep outside. So I went back in and plopped myself on the couch. I began to doze off. A dream was awaiting me. I was in the rocking chair again. I just kept rocking and wouldn't move an inch. All I did was stare into the darkness that lay in front of me. There was a sound in the woods. I could hear the crunching of sticks. The sound only grew closer and closer. A misty fog started to seep onto the porch. I felt paralyzed. Unable to move a single muscle, 
I was frightened at this point. I could now make out a loud breathing and grunting. That's when I saw it, staring at me. On two feet was a thing that looked like a deer decaying. Its skull was exposed, and it had what looked like moss hanging from the antlers. Its whole body was rotten, and I could feel its breath on it. Then I woke up. After years went by, I would have that dream come back and back to me. I felt like there was something more to it. Usually we'd brush bad dreams aside, yet this again seemed like more than a bad dream. One day, I was watching YouTube and I saw a video. It was called Cabin Fever. I was in shock when a drawing came up of what I saw in that dream. I learned of its name. Never before had I heard it or seen anything like it. Still to this day, I search for more answers. Sometimes I even have the same reoccurring dream. I feel like I'm persuaded to find the truth about whatever this is. I almost feel as if I am connected in some way to it. Maybe I'm crazy or something, but I just will always feel like there was more to this. I don't know. I feel like it's more of a warning. Those kind of things I wouldn't ever want to mess with or have dreams about or anything. That's some bad medicine. That's mm -hmm. some stuff you want to immediately get, like, go get yourself <laughs> cleansed, you know? Yep. Because um, that's, like, that's some of your top stuff. Seeing Bigfoot, like, to me, and maybe this will piss off a lot of people in the community, but, like, I think seeing a Bigfoot is nothing compared to if you were to see something like that in person. Right. Like, to actually see it, though, in, in flesh, in front of you, mm -hmm. physically, mm -hmm. like... If it was, it may have been when we still did the Acrylic Ranch, but I wrote a story of the Wendigo, and then yes. I narrated it. Mm -hmm. As creative as it was writing it, mm -hmm. it was kind of creepy. Because well, I'm writing it from the knowledge of what the Wendigo is, and... I was a little unsettled by that. By the time I was done writing that story, I was like, I hope I'm not going to bring something in. Yeah. So I did. I went about my personal cleansing to protect not only myself, but my home, too. Fortunately, I don't live near the wilds of places where the Wendigo may reside. But Yeah, no. Um, I started um, one story about a girl who was, um, well, her, her grandfather built this, like, little cabin along the beach, and it had been in her family for a long time. He had this kind of poem that he would recite to her, and it was about, basically, not going out at night. Um, there was a girl that was out in the misty, you know, in the mistiness by mm -hmm. the ocean. And it was a warning mm -hmm. to stay inside and stay away from this thing. Well, her grandparents had since passed, and so had her parents. She was alone. She hadn't married or anything like that. And she would often go out in the fall and winter to this cabin of her grandfather's. And she began to feel a presence. And she felt like she wasn't alone. And there was actual footprints out in the sand. And as much as she was tempted to go out and 
check this out and investigate more, she could just hear her grandfather's poem reciting mm-hmm. in her head. But that's where mm-hmm. I stop. I never continued the story. Um, right. Partly because the the flow of inspiration had stopped at the time, and it was just something that never got picked up. And the other, too, is there are certain things where you get into the story and you start to get into this, this depth, and you can feel it. It's like you're bringing it to life. Right. And I really don't want to give birth to that energy mm-hmm. and bring anything through, you know? No. Yeah. yeah. That's why I said I had the strange, you know, sensation while writing that story, too. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> it's been a scary night. I'm unsettled. I'm wearing my diapers. And... <laughs> oh, yep. uh... and let's I've got this great, um, it's a countdown calendar. <laughs> and since it's Lortober. Oh, for Halloween? Uh-huh, I might, Ooh. I was thinking just now I looked up at it and I was like, hey, well, maybe I should read, maybe I should read this at the end of each episode. <laughs> Do a countdown uh, on the, the advent calendar for Halloween. Yeah, oh, but awesome. it, but it's cool though. So listen, it says, "When witches go riding and black cats are seen, this seventeen days till Halloween." See, we got awesome poetry, people. <laughs> there will be less days when this actually airs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> here. I, I can, let's see, how many days will it be? Let me look here. Yeah. Wait, I'll, I'll end on a poem. Okay, do it. Ready? Yes, we're ready. Here, here it goes. <laughs> pumpkin, pumpkin, <laughs> caravan lord, time to carve our favorite gourd. A contest for you and spooks to behold. The best carved pumpkin will win a prize more than gold. We're having a pumpkin carving contest, people. Post your pics and tag us on it. Yes. And, of course, we'll poll for the winner for a pretty cool prize. And you know what? Start using hashtag lore, folks. Yes. Seriously. Even better. Yeah. There you go. Hashtag lore, folks. That's right. Carve your pumpkins. Tag us. Hashtag lore, folks. We really, like, if I could have my way... We would have a really awesome, old-fashioned, vintage Halloween party. We'd bob for apples. Mm-hmm. We'd have, you mm-hmm. know, the popcorn balls. We'd have pumpkin mm-hmm. carving contest of the work. So, right. you know, mm-hmm. I want to celebrate it as much as we can. Taffy apples. Yes, exactly. Homemade. Mm-hmm. Homemade oh, yeah. taffy apples. Yep. Yum, yum. Exactly. Yeah, forget the store-bought ones, man. There's nothing better than a fresh-made taffy apple. From your own kitchen. Yeah. Well, yum, and yum. we got to celebrate, too, because, I mean, two weeks is all we have left. Mm-hmm. And we look forward to this mm-hmm. all year long. I started posting Halloween stuff in September because I was so stoked. And so we're right in the midst of it. I think we should party yep. it up because once it's Halloween there night, you go. it goes so right. quick. You know, it's interesting because I'll come home, whether it was when I was a kid and I was done trick-or-treating, or whether I take my kids out to go trick-or-treating. As soon as you come mm-hmm. home from trick-or-treating, it's just done. It's just like, I know. man, I can't I believe know. that it's, I know. it's still Halloween. Yep. But yet, 
it's over. You just have that knowledge that when you wake up the next day, the spookiness yeah. and and everything is just over. And you know, like with Halloween, it's fun because you can. Um, there's haunted houses that you can go to all month long. Corn mazes, um, pumpkin patches. Mm-hmm. There's all these activities that you can do. It's not like Christmas where, you know, you can have Christmas Eve, and and you've you've got the whole you know preparing for it, and then you've got Christmas Day that you're excited for. Mm-hmm. But then you you get the day after Christmas Day, where you're just like fat, happy, and <laughs> laying within all your presents, and you're still playing with your presents. Right. Because like with yeah. Halloween, yeah, you still have candy, but all of a sudden watching those scary movies, it's just not the same because it's over, you know? Well, can we start a petition with all the lore folks and anybody that's listening to this show? Can we start a petition, please, that Halloween falls on the last Friday of every October? Hey, that would be cool. Why have Halloween in the middle of the week? It's no fun. But then again. No, it's got to be the last Friday it's a, of every October. But then again, it's a great And then you got a whole October. weekend. I yeah, it's a great way to end October, but hey, you know, really, so what? <laughs> this year it would have been on the twenty sixth, last full Friday of October, and then yeah. you get a three day Halloween weekend. Yeah, sign me that up. Would have been cool. <laughs> sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah. That's and then great. the remaining three days of October is so what? It's October. Right. Right. Yeah. At least you'd have just a little bit of October. Yeah, November as, Eve. Right, because as soon as, as Halloween ends, October is over too. And then boom, mm-hmm. you're into November and everybody's being thankful. <laughs> right. No, it's true. Which is good. So I'm not 19, knocking thankfulness. 20. Everybody should be thankful and grateful. I'm just, you know. So, yeah. I mean, we have to wait till 2020 before... Halloween falls on a Friday. So. And we're going to do it up because we are still <sighs> going to be on air by then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're in it for the long haul. Oh, well, by that time, the networks will have picked us up. and <laughs> Sure. There you go. That's what we're all about. All right. Thank you, everybody, for stopping by and listening to some of these spooky really creepy, spooky stories because... Yeah, okay. I'm changing my house up now, taking the mirrors <laughs> out, and of course, sh- shaking the shadow people yeah. out. I don't lock want lock your here. windows, no, lock thanks. your doors, cover your mirrors, Laura folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Sleep> well, <laughs> I will. Bye, Jen. Good night. From childhood's hour, I have not been as others were. I have not seen as others saw. I could not bring my passions from a common spring. From the same source I have not taken my sorrow. I could not awaken my heart to joy at the same tone. And all I loved, I loved alone. Then, in my childhood, in the dawn of a most stormy life, was drawn from every depth of good and ill, the mystery which binds me still. From the torrent or the fountain, from the red cliff of the mountain, from the sun that round me rolled in its autumn tint of gold, from the lightning in the sky, 
as it passed me flying by. From the thunder in the storm, and the cloud that took the form, when the rest of heaven was blue, of a demon in my view. Oh, oh, oh. 